This is a HeadGum Podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I try to discover a little something to make me sweeter. Oh, baby, refrain from breaking my heart. I'm so in love with you. I'll be forever blue. That you give me no reason why you make a me work so hard. That you give me no, that you give me no, that you give me no, that you give me no. Soul, I hear you calling. Oh, baby, please give a little respect to me. That is a little respect by Eurasia. Gorgeous song. You're wondering, what year is it that we're listening to this song? Why, the year is 1991, y'all. I think this might be the first time we've been in 1991 on Senior Superlatives, and I could not be more excited for us. So to get us kind of hot and horny for what was going on in 1991, I'm going to list, you know, my top five movies from that time. Number one, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. May we all be as blessed and jacked as Linda Hamilton in that movie. <laughs> Literally, body goals, arm goals would die. And, and no one looks better in a tank top. I'm just going to put it out there. No one can, no one will. Then we have Beauty and the Beast, okay? The animated, I'm talking animated for all you Gen Zers. It wasn't always a movie with Emma Watson or whomever was in the live action. <laughs> Obviously, Silence of the Lambs with my king, Anthony Hopkins, who is the background of my phone. I'm being serious for everyone at home who doesn't believe me. He is telling me to believe on the background of my phone. Then, wow. how can we forget about Cape Fear? How can we? We did, because I just remembered it when I looked at this list. And then the last movie I'm going to bring up to get us in the mood for 1991 is my personal favorite, something that has been resurrected recently, The Addams Family with Angelica Houston, of course, and my queen, Christina Ricci, and, you know, Christopher Lloyd, who we love, who we gotta get on the show. And you're also wondering, where were we in 1991 when we were watching Christopher Lloyd be Uncle Fester? We were in Tampa, Florida, and we are Malik Pancholi. Oh my God. Oh my God. And wait, Malik, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you for having me and for taking me on that little journey to get me horny, as you said, for, for 1991. Oh my God. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Just to, you know, get us started, can you paint the picture for me for what was going on with you in high school? Like, what was your high school like? What were you like? What were the vibes? It, I mean, Tampa, I'm immediately Tampa. hooked. We also haven't ever had anyone on the show from Tampa. No, this is a first, and I love Tampa. Yeah. One of my best friends I'm all from about, Tampa. I'm all about first. I, I love that you're selling Tampa so hard, and I think it's... Um, I have a feeling it's changed 
I think no, I've been there recently, and I think it's changed a lot um, since when I was when I was a kid because 1991 was a long time ago. But uh, Tampa, Tampa was not. It wasn't that exciting when I was, I feel like I'm going to, by the way, I want to clarify, I want to clarify. I've never been to Tampa, but I spiritually love Tampa. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I haven't been there, but I'm a Tampa girl. You know what I mean? I just feel like I'm a Tampa girl. Yeah. I think I know what you, I think I know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, the the way I always talk about Tampa is like right after, right after um, high school, I went to college in Chicago and I remember taking the L train uh, in Chicago for the first time and like seeing somebody <laughs> literally seeing someone with like dyed hair and like earrings, you know, like mm-hmm. a little punky or whatever. And I was like, Oh my God. Like I was remember being scared because yes. I had, like, I felt like Tampa had been such a sheltered cultured world in a way in the, in the late eighties and early nineties for me. Anyway, I went to, um, I went to prep school as well, which I don't think necessarily helped with that. It was, uh, I mean, I, I did love it. Um, I did love my school and I'm in touch with a lot of people. I had a very small class. It was like a class of 75. Oh my God. When we graduated. Yeah. Yeah. So, we, and, and it was a middle school. I went, it, it actually goes from K through 12, but I went there uh, from middle school and high school. So like a lot of these, by the time we graduated, we had been together for a yeah. long time, you know? Um, and, and I, and I love all of them, but my, my, uh, my recollection of Tampa is sort of, like that there wasn't a ton of culture, you know, like if mm-hmm. when we finally got to start driving in high school, it was it's Friday night, TGI Fridays again, you know, like <laughs> should we go bowling? We go to yeah. Mission Bell, I think was the name of the mall to like watch, watch movies. Um, it sounds yeah, like a movie. It sounds like a movie. It sounds very quintessential. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the thing is I do like, I look back and I'm like all these like shows, like, I think they're a little younger and stranger things. Maybe, maybe they're a little older, uh, in the last season, but, but it's like, even though that's not Tampa, there's something there, there was like a small town vibe to it, even though Tampa is a bigger city and it's now like a much bigger city, which is sort of like, you know, like everyone kind of dressed like it was the eighties. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) You know, they're, It's like meet at the mall, like let's go in the food court and like sit and hang out and like see what happens because you, it also was pre uh, internet as we know it. Like, you know, the internet existed loosely, but like you were, you didn't, you didn't have a cell phone. No, I mean, we didn't have the internet. (laughs) I think like when I went to When was the the internet born? Is this for me or are you asking like a research assistant? I'm just asking general and my research assistant here, here in the hub. <laughs> I, I actually. 1983. 1983. Yeah. But we weren't like searching things. There wasn't fucking Google. You know what I mean? I don't think I had an email address until I got to college. Like I don't, yeah. I don't remember. I don't, I mean the internet might've been born in 1983, but I don't think it was like accessible to your average human being for no, it was NASA only, later. honey. Yeah. NASA were the only people that NASA had it. Only. Yeah. And then we didn't get yeah. it until like 2005 <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Or, I mean, this is like... T- 1998 is when what started? Google. Okay. Yeah. See? Yeah. Yeah. None of that. I mean, I think when I... I remember in college, this is, I know we're not talking about college, but I'm going to just fast forward for a we brief can, minute. We I can remember, talk about anything you want. 
I remember I got like an email address and I was like, well, how do you use this? And you could go to like the computer center and it was like some crazy, you know, had, you had like, you, you couldn't pick a screen name. It was some like crazy, <laughs> crazy name, like at Eudora or something like that. It was like, <laughs> like, it wasn't like, oh, everyone's had Gmail. Um, so yeah, so middle, I mean, I feel like in high school we were, it was like, even like, I remember the day after exams, it'd be like, let's go to the mall. And we'd go to like, literally go to the food court, probably get like an Auntie Anne's pretzel or something like that. <laughs> like that and walk around and, it, you know, like you'd see like groups, of course there were like cliques, like the cool kids and not cool kids. And I went to a small school. So it was like, you know, like a lot of kids we didn't know, but the, the mall would just be full of high school kids kind of hanging out, hanging out. The more we talk about this, the older I feel, I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> and that's good. And you know what? We always bring people on the show to humble them and make them feel old as hell. That's the goal. <laughs> okay. So I have two. Well, number one, I just want to say an Auntie Anne's cinnamon sugar pretzel with a small lemonade really mm. like that's divine okay it was like drugs for high school it was like you got you just got like on a sugar high walked around the mall yes. listened to erasure yes <laughs> it's so good um and two were you in a click what was your click um i was a nerd i was a total nerd in high school um we we didn't we had an advanced drama class, which I was in. Okay. And we had, but we didn't even, like, I, the school that I went to is now massive. Like, it's, like, not in terms of number of students, but it's, like, it's just, it's gotten, like, so much funding and it's, like, huge. And, um, but when I was there, it was a pretty small campus. We didn't even have a high school, uh, we didn't have an auditorium to do school plays in. So we'd have to go to, like, another high school. So we did, like, one play a year. I think by my senior year, we did a play and a musical. Mm. And I just say this to all to say that like my middle school and like I, I had two drama teachers there. Um, this guy named Mr. Uh, Michael Locklear, who, who was a huge influence on me. And then I had this real mentor who was this woman named Kathy Grau, who I'm still in touch with a lot. And um, she, she was, she wasn't even like really my teacher, but when I was in middle school, I did a community theater play yes. and she came to the school later as a teacher and became just like my mentor and then directed the school shows. And so I say that to say like, even though we didn't have a huge arts program, the, it's what like, it's what made me become an actor. Right. But, but I was like a mathlete. Um, I was like, you know, I was like in all the advanced math classes and science classes. I was like, I was a total, total nerd in high school. I was really, I'm like, a, I'm a smaller dude anyway, but I was like small for my age. I had like braces and glasses and feathered hair. I love it. Um, yeah, I had wraparound braces too that like literally like covered the entire tooth and then like a million rubber bands. So it's like my mouth would open and it would be like, like oh. what, what are those like, those, the fish that's always like the villain in, in like in underwater movies. It was like, I'd open my mouth and you'd just see like, yeah, like a bands. barracuda, yeah. like, a, yeah. like a succubi <laughs> barracuda opening their mouth. I'm obsessed with that. How did you eat? So. <laughs> it's probably why I was so skinny. It was so painful to yes. eat. Yes. <laughs> I mean, oh my God. We forget like orthodontia. Like, let's talk about something that feels fully archaic still to this day. Oh my gosh. It was, I literally, I remember my, the visits to the orthodontist were like the most terrifying. It'd be like, we're going to tighten something and like pliers would come out. And then for two weeks you'd be in like <laughs> so much pain and all for like, it's fine. I, I mean, I'm <laughs> grateful. <with> my parents. 
<laughs> I'm grateful my parents did allow me this yes, as yes. opposed to the other option. But I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I remember my sister had a Paladex expander, which was like a thing that they'd put on your palate. And there was a key that you would have to twist. My parents would have to <sighs> twist this key every night to like stretch out her <sighs> teeth. And she used to be like, it was awful. It was like just scarred me. I remember her being like, no, 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 not tonight, not tonight. I don't want to do it tonight. And I would be like, oh my God, it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's literally like a medieval torture board. That's what they're doing. They're moving your bones. It's, like, it moving is. Your bones. It's crazy. Okay, you were a oh mathlete. I'm obsessed with you being a mathlete. Did you have did you have coats? Like, did you have like varsity coats for mathletes? Or am I just thinking of mean girls? We we I think you're thinking of mean girls although it wasn't so different than that um but, but we had i think we had t-shirts mm. and i remember they were like god I, I wish i could think of one now but i like they'd always have like some math formula saying that actually spelled a word that was kind of supposed to be funny um like ugh, when you would do one now. when you would do eight zero zero eight five and turn your calculator <laughs> yeah. and it would just say I mean, boobs <laughs> Sort of, sort of like that, but probably not that. <laughs> oh no, not that amazing smart I've... person thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I do... <laughs> Can you imagine the math teacher getting away with like creating T-shirts that? Uh, by the way, my math teacher too was like a huge influence on me, and like I, I wrote a novel for. I have two novels out in the world. Okay, um, the, name the... names. Let's get name, the titles. Name. Uh, my first book that came out in 2019 is called The Best at It, and it's about a 12 year old Indian American kid who's uh, who's really good at math, but is like nervous about being a math because he thinks it's too nerdy, and he's just figuring out that he might be gay, and he wants to find something to be the best at to prove himself. Uh, to everybody else around him, thinking that, you know, of course, if, if he can be the best at something, everyone will like him just that much more. It's not modeled at all on my own. <laughs> I was going to say, clearly not about your own experience at all. Not, not at all modeled on that. But it's, but, but I was going to say my math teacher, the, there's a, a very like loving math teacher in that book. And it's uh, a lot based on, on my, my middle school and high school uh, math teacher, because he, it was like the math leads as nerdy as it was, it was kind of like, it was like home base, you know, it's like we went to like Mr. Morris's classroom at the, at the, uh, at the end of school and we do, <laughs> we do math tests together. Yes. <laughs> and it was also like super competitive, you know, cause it was like, uh, you were in it to win it, you know, you, yeah. you, it was, it wasn't, that's the part about it that was like mean girls. It was like, you, you didn't, this was not, it was a hobby maybe, but it was really about bringing home, uh, the ribbon at the end of the day. Would you guys like time yourself to do equations? Yeah, I think that was part of it because all the tests were time. You know, you'd have to you'd sit in a room. I mean, this is literally the extracurricular piece of math club, of math, being a math lead is that you go to another school that's not your own <laughs> on a Saturday at like 7 a.m. You sit in a room and take a test. <laughs> I'm obsessed. It's so joyful. No, I so love joyful. it. Like I, I've told this story before on this podcast, but I was a terrible student and I would just cheat all the time. And especially with math tests, I was so bad at math. But um, like the only reason why I used like my TI 83 or whatever was to like yes. use like the notes section to like write notes to my friend on my calculator. And, <laughs> like, like the word. Like, yeah. Like the word boobs. 8008. Eight, oh, eight, yeah, uh, exactly. Five, yeah. <laughs> um, But 
I used to cheat in my math class and I would just like write the answer to the equation. And my math teacher would literally be like, you need to show me your work. Like you need to show me how you got here. Like that's half of math is like showing right. me your process. And I would always just be like, I don't know, but like I got, I got there. So like, that's it. <laughs> like that's oh the gosh. answer. It's so I stupid. love that you brought up the TI 83. Like I, it's funny, like now I'm such a, like an actor and a writer and like, math feels like a like a foreign country to me in a way yeah. it's like I know how to do like I know how to get my stuff to my account and to do my taxes and I can pay a bill and mm -hmm. like I can I can you know I know how to tip at a restaurant <laughs> like yeah. there's like basic math skills that come into everyday life but I, I remember like those calculators that they get to like high school students it's a, it's what are those buttons I have no idea like <laughs> I have no idea like like when was the last time you did like a log yeah <laughs> You know An what integer. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Like, it, it, so yeah. I did see a tweet that was like, that was like me in high school, like, and then it said some crazy like equation. And it's like waking up today, still have never used that once in my life. It's like, yeah, of course we're not using <laughs> this unless you're really becoming like a civil engineer or something or like doing some sort of math heavy work, working for NASA, you know? Then yeah, I don't using know the internet you... before all of us. Yeah, it's true. Do you miss math? <laughs> um, oh, I, I no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I was thinking about that. I was like, should I miss math? It was the thought that went through my head. Uh, no, I am. I am grateful that there are people who know how to do stuff like what you were talking about that could that can do that and that actually like love it and are passionate about it. I think as a kid, I I. I think I thought I was passionate about it, but I also think it was just like, I did well in school and I like school, I, I worked really hard for it for sure. Like I was a perfectionist. I stayed up late studying for tests and, and all of that and like wanted to, to get ahead. But, but I think like even then my passion was, was theater. Like I wanted yeah. to be an actor, Yeah. Uh, but I was just like, well, I'm good at this and I have to be good at this. And also like I've got to win, you know? Right, like it was, totally. And so, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you party in high school? Were you drinking? Were you smoking? Were you doing drugs? What were the vibes? Um, I was not a partier in high school. In fact, I feel like um, this might be the first time I'm saying this out loud, like in a, in a, in a public forum like mm -hmm. this, but I remember once um, – my best friend in high school, who's this amazing woman who I'm still friends with, um, we were like inseparable in high school. And it was like both of our parents were me out of town. And I was like, I'm going to get beer and like <laughs> stole beer from like my parents' <laughs> refrigerator. And we drank, I remember we drank like, we probably only had like one each, maybe a little more than one. And then like fell asleep on her sofa. And we're kind of like, what and then the next day the shame of like I had like this brown bag with like two empty beer cans in it and I remember driving to the back of a Publix <laughs> the uh, Publix uh, supermarket to use their dumpster to throw them away so no one would ever find out that we'd like taking these these beer cans yeah I, did, I was not a big partier and then there was growing up in Florida a bit, I mean I, I know I think a lot of high school kids go on spring break but we had beach week which was like mm -hmm. Your senior year, everyone would rent a place down at the beach. And um, we were such nerds that we didn't have a place, but we went down like for the day. And I think that was the first uh -huh. time I got really drunk. And I remember there was a high school kid who was making drinks for me, uh, who put in 
Um, later I found out like three shots of 151 proof or whatever it's called 151 yeah, 151. Rob or whatever it's called. yeah Bacardi yeah. 151 151 yeah. proof it's crazy oh my god I literally um uh like I think it fell asleep there vomited the whole way home and had to like sort of show face to my family because I was a good kid in high school right. so that was like the first time that was the first time it was like it took me a while to recover to recover from that College That's, was kind of like when it was like, okay, drinking became normalized, you know? Right, right, right. That's <laughs> so funny to like not drink at all and then to drink three shots of 151. In like a glass of Coke. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah. Ooh, you, even as I say that to you, I can kind of remember. Like it was so long ago, but I can re- kind of remember the lingering taste of yes. that rum and Coke in my mouth. Ugh. It's visceral. Yeah. It's like when something's so, I mean... I, not that I ever would, but I can't drink, remember hypnotic? Do you remember that? Ooh, spelled with a Q at the end? Yes, yes. (laughs) Very sexy. It's a very sexy, (laughs) sexy thing. Oh my gosh. If I see hypnotic, because when I was like 15, I think I drank like half a bottle of hypnotic because it was like. You know, when everyone's desperate for alcohol and when I remember like my friends and I would drink like triple sec at a point of our lives because we were just like, it's alcohol, right? You know, and now like if I even look at hypnotic, I get I get nauseous, just like I can taste it coming out of my nose from vomiting it, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're probably too young for this, but do you do you you, did you know about Zima's? I did not know about Zimas and I love learning something new. Oh my new. gosh. Zima was like this fad. It was kind of, I think it was like hypnotic. It was just like, it was like an alcoholic beverage in a glass. It was like fizzy. It was kind of like seven, it tastes like seven up with like, I don't even know what alcohol in it. And I remember going, my sister went to, 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 to school in Boston to college and I was still in high school and me and a, a cousin of me went up to like go visit her and, uh, we went like got fake IDs from an older cousin who looked nothing like me. <laughs> like literally was just brown. <laughs> that was about it. <laughs> and like went to the sub club and like we thought we were so cool. I remember I was wearing like a like a like you know it was still like the late eighties. So I was wearing like an oversized cable knit sweater. I <laughs> to love a dance it. Club. <laughs> or I love drinking it. a Zima at the bar. It was. <laughs> and I, you I got in. They let you in. <laughs> they let me and, hey, listen. Oh. Yeah, I had an ID with a brown person on it. They were like, yes, that's you. <laughs> I would just like to say that now all of the kids are wearing oversized cable knits to the club. That is it's all the bad. style. It is. Okay. I'd like to think I was style, a trend sweater. <laughs> well, I want to know what your style was like in high school. Um, I, so I went to a prep school, so we had to, we had to wear, by the way, like I, this is what I chose to wear today. So I'll some, uh, <laughs> somehow it's diehard, I guess. Um, yeah. I, uh, I wore a lot of like collared shirts and I think we, we weren't allowed to wear jeans as far as I remember. I think we might've had like Friday jean day every now and then or mm-hmm. something like that. But it, so, so high school was a lot about like pleated khakis. <laughs> yes. I remember Z Cavaricis were like a really big deal. You probably don't know that either. Like I love... it was that Z Cavaricis were like I, I don't I don't even know how to describe them, but I feel like they might have had a slight like a slight hippiness to them. Like there was like a little <laughs> bit of a hip flare. <laughs> but again, pleated as far as I can remember. Um and I think that yeah, that was kind of yeah. I mean, I did have uh 
I feel like I have some pictures that have like a little bit of a feather <laughs> feather mm-hmm. thing going going in my hair. I I had braces and glasses and I had acne too as like a, a kid. Like I remember just like being like I got the trifecta of coolness thrust upon me. Yeah. <laughs> and, but uh, now look at um, you. You're gorgeous. But now it's it's all it's all it's all worked out. Did you have to do <laughs> Accutane? I did I took um I don't think it was Accutane, but I took like uh, an antibiotic that must have, it's like, it, it might've just been like doxycycline or something yeah. like that, like something that was like, um, like that. I took antibiotics for it. And then like, even in like in college and like, I remember in grad school, I've had like, um, this is not a commercial, by the way, I'm just telling you products. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used proactive. I remember yeah. like, it was, it's just like a con, it was like a constant sort of battle against uh, the explosion. I'm painting such a horrible picture. I was actually like a sweet, cute kid, I think. You sound amazing. <laughs> you, you're like, you're like, I had this exploding face. I had my barracuda mouth. I, I had, up. yeah. <laughs> totally. totally. And I, I haven't had to work on any self-esteem issues since then. No, none, babe. Absolutely. I mean, I, by the way, I take doxycycline right now. Because, oh, you do? Yes. Oh, yeah. Because I had... Like, I had perfect, I was the opposite. In high school, I had, like, perfect, crystal clear, gorgeous skin, perfect vision, okay, perfect teeth. Now, I have fucking corn niblets as teeth. I can't see shit. And I got rosacea <laughs> acne when I moved here. Like, when I moved to L.A., I got rosacea acne. Oh, my gosh. Acne. So it's like, oh you know what? Gosh. God really doesn't let you have There's it all. A- there's a balance. There's a balance. You look amazing. You're not as big on my screen as my face is, but, uh, but you look amazing. <laughs> you know, it's all about balance. You are correct. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Thank you to Angie for sponsoring this HeadGum podcast. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Indeed. So if you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Yeah, doing stuff yourself seems fun, but then you actually get to, you know, 
solving a problem and you realize that mm-hmm. you can create 10 more problems and then you probably should have just paid a, yeah. a professional to deal with it right off the bat. You can easily injure and or maim yourself as well. Yeah, you don't want to do that. No. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. You just get the app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. It's very convenient. It sure is, folks, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. So download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Thank you, Angie. Angie.com. Thank you. My last question before we visit the high school guidance counselor is, did you have a lover in high school? Were you, I know that you you said you weren't out yet. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't out and I didn't, I didn't like date in high school. But I think like, I feel like the story is probably not um, <clears throat> very unique to me. But I feel like I was sort of like the go-to guy for a lot of girls to ask mm. to dances. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, we were all, and I, anyway, if anyone, if you're listening to this, <laughs> I hope you're not going to take offenses. It wasn't, like, my friend circle was definitely not the cool click. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but there were, there were like a fair amount of girls in it. And I feel like I did go to not only dances at my own school, but I'd get asked to dances at like other people's schools. Yes. And I will, I will just say this that like, it was so fun, but being like a closeted high school kid and getting asked by a girl to a dance is actually like a somewhat, um, it's a, it, it, for me, I remember having a lot of anxiety because it was like, even though I wasn't out, I definitely knew. And by the way, like I didn't, there were, there were, I didn't know like a single openly gay person when I was in high school. So I didn't have a teacher, you know, the, what I remember is like hearing, and this might've been middle school or high school. I don't remember, but I remember like being carpooled to school and hearing a joke on the radio where the DJ was like, <clears throat> um, they should just take all those gay people and ship them off to an Island. And then, and then punchline was the other radio host being like, well, they've already done that. It's called Manhattan, you know? And I, I live in Brooklyn <laughs> now, but, but I remember like internalizing all that stuff and not really even, knowing if it like really applied to me but right. somehow knowing that it also did apply to me and that it was something that I had to like hide and be shameful around so I had so much fun at dances by the way I could dance like nobody's business in fact my best friend the one I mentioned earlier she was like that a dancer like took dance classes and did dance recitals and we would like tear up the dance floor but it was always this sort of like before and after of like the awkward, you know, yeah. like the, the mom wants to take a picture and it's like, Oh, where do, you, do I put my hand around you? Or I'm going to hold your hand or right. we're just friends. Or we, you know, like what is the expectation? And at the end of the night, like, Oh God, am I going to have to, am I going to have to kiss you goodnight? And not even cause it was like so abhorrent to me, like they were all friends, but it was just like the fear of, I think being found out like that if you kiss someone, they'd be like, wait a minute. Right. Or like not somehow like not knowing how to do that or something. So I didn't have a lover in high school. <laughs> <laughs> I think that like, I don't know. I think that unless you are a straight boy in high school who's like overly confident, I think sex and intimacy is like very overwhelming and stressful. But compound that with being like, closeted in you know the late 80s and early 90s I could imagine that was 
beyond stressful. That was like probably just thinking like, is something wrong with me? Are these people going to hate me? Like what is going on? And being in yeah. Tampa. And yes. being in Tampa, which is so interesting because it does, I think, color um, <clears throat> the experience of like that time in my life is that like, uh, like there was always a sense of like, um, not fully feeling like I fit in, you know what I mean? And so like, and so Tampa now I think has changed quite a bit, but, but for me, there's always a little bit of a color of like, I, I mean, I think that when I was a kid and I like, it might not even be the city of Tampa specific, but it was just like, I can't wait to get out of here. You know, I can't mm. wait to like be able to go to, and not even like, I think not even knowing um, specifically why, but just sort of like a sense of like there, there's going to be another place to to find myself. And for me, I think that was like the beginnings of that. By the way, I was still closeted in college, but like the beginnings of that was like going to a theater program and being with like theater kids and yeah, um, yeah, yeah, like having that kind of safe haven of, of theater. What was your favorite play that you did in high school? What was my favorite play that I did in high school? I remember so two things that come to mind. We did. Um, we did a production of Oklahoma <laughs> and I was not the best singer. And so they wrote a character for me called Cowboy Leak. <laughs> I love that. Wait, they wrote you a character. They took the Which, liberty. Which, by the way, yeah, like now I'm like, I don't even know if they're allowed to do that. Like there's probably some like licensing <laughs> company out there that's like, if they did what? Um, Cowboy Leak. Cowboy Leak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I remember we did, and this is like when when the school was kind of like trying to push the theater stuff a little bit. We did, um, we did it instead of Shakespeare in the Park. We did a thing called Moliere on the Mound, and I can't fully remember what play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, I appreciate. <laughs> We did, a, we did a Moliere play and I'm sure none of us had any idea what we were, what we were actually saying, but it was, it was a lot of fun and we did it outdoors and, and it's on like the mound, on, on a mound. Our school had this big grassy mound <laughs> in the center of it. It's where we all like hung out and ate lunch and um, yeah. Yeah. And so we did, we built a stage out there and did, did Moliere on the mound. I love that. <laughs> I love that. Oh, my God. Is that a knock at the door that I hear? Why, yes, it is. We are in the high school guidance counselor's office. Welcome to my office. I am the high school guidance counselor. In this section of the show, you get to rectify a wrongdoing of your high school past. You can either say fuck you to someone. You can apologize to someone. You can yield this time however it's going to soothe your soul so that you never need to think about your high school trauma after this point. So, <laughs> um, I, uh, this is so funny. Cause I've like, I like, like high school was tough, <laughs> you know? I mean, there were so many amazing things about it. I will say this counselor, oh counselor, you know, like my friends were like such a lifeline in high school. My friend, Nicole, we thought we were so funny. You know, we thought we were the best dancers in the world. We thought we were hilarious. Like I remember we would do the silliest things like like literally like walk down a hallway and see a teacher and we'd both fake sneeze on cue like at the same time we're like achoo and like we thought it was hilarious that the teacher was like oh bless you like that like the, the idea that we would both sneeze at the same time we're like ah hilarious you know like so so ridiculous. I remember once in um chemistry class I think it was we were like while the teacher was writing on the board we were like we're gonna turn our desks around and all the other kids were like you guys are such idiots and we like turned our desks around and I'm sure our chemistry teacher was like 
what are you doing? But to us, it was the funniest thing like had ever been done in a high school classroom. I love we were that. like high school. There were so many great parts about it, but, but, um, there were not so great parts too. Uh, you know, I certainly got called names. There were definitely, I think kids who were on to the fact that I was probably gay before. I mean, I am gay now, but the, that at the time that, you know, that it hadn't been confirmed that I was probably gay and, and, and I didn't know, I remember a kid once called me a flamer, like literally turned around in class and was like, you're such a flamer. And I didn't know what it meant. Right. <laughs> so I said, thank you. <laughs> but that's the best response. That's like what, you know, my mom would always be like, kill him with kindness. And that's like the best response. <laughs> totally. totally. But if I had to rectify um, one situation, I remember we had to do these uh, these standard physical tests, like mm. in gym, where it'd be like, like the entire PE class would be like, we're gonna do as many sit ups as you can in like two minutes, and then we're gonna run as many laps as you can around the football field, and then and then and I I don't know if it was like a Florida State thing or if they were just like torturing us, mm -hmm. but I remember one of the things was climb a rope. We would have like literally have a rope hanging from like the top of the bleachers down to the bottom, mm -hmm. and or off of something like I don't even and you'd have to climb it. There's always, I don't even remember, like, I wish I could like call out one person, but I could, I it would just watch these kids like scramble up this rope and knowing, like knowing that I was going to like hold on to the bottom and be like, mm -hmm. and like get maybe like one, one climb up. And like just the sheer torture of the waiting, of the waiting of the waiting to be ridiculed, like while there were all the other kids who went there. And I would say guidance counselor, oh, guidance counselor, yes. that I would just want to say to all those kids, how did climbing that rope really help you? Yeah. <laughs> where, where are you now? Because you climbed a rope in PE class. <laughs> the rope is cruel and unusual punishment. I don't think they make kids do it anymore, but I remember <sighs> I used to do everything in my power to get out of climbing that rope. My you, you had to do it too. Oh yeah. My sister <sighs> famously had to climb the rope in middle school when breakaway pants were really popular <sighs> and her bully ripped her breakaway pants off oh, of her while she was gosh. dangling on the rope. And my sister was wearing day of the week underwear. And I think it was a Tuesday, but she was wearing Thursday. So she was really, then she was worried that all the kids were thinking she was wearing the same underwear from Thursday on Tuesday. And let's just say the rope is a tool used to humiliate. If you mm -hmm. can climb the rope, I guarantee you we are not friends now. None of yes. my friends could climb the rope. None, none. none. By the way, now I, I actually think like now, like now as we're talking about some like the vengeance piece of this, like I feel like um, if you go to a fancy gym, I'm in New York, but if you go to a fancy gym in LA or New York now, it's like all the gays, it's like all the gays yeah, are like, like climbing the rope. With the yeah. ropes. <laughs> yeah, they're like, watch, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, <laughs> they're like, watch me speed with these battle ropes and then watch me totally. climb up this fucking rope right here. Totally. It's true. <laughs> Um, Tebby, do we have a classmates corner? This is when our listeners write in what they want to talk to us as their collective guidance counselor about. We do. Oh, amazing. Okay. 
what what is this week's? Great. So today, uh, Nora writes in, I want to give a big fuck you to three girls I did high school theater with, Gab and her two friends. Whoa, we're naming names. Okay. I didn't wow. name the other two. <laughs> I redacted the other two. <laughs> Senior year after school one day, I was sitting at Starbucks reading Wuthering Heights because I couldn't get through two pages at home without falling asleep. I was sitting alone and facing away from the rest of the tables, and these three, one of whom was a closer friend of mine, came in, sat right behind me, and proceeded to talk so much shit about me for what felt like 30 minutes, which in reality was probably 10. They were talking about how I was, I thought I was better than everyone. I stole one of their boyfriends, which I didn't. I didn't deserve the part I had in the show, et cetera, et cetera, while they were no more than four feet away from me. I waited until they moved on to another topic, then packed up my stuff walked past them and said, hey, Gab, with a big smile. While the looks on their faces at the time were satisfying, we acted like it never happened after that, and I never got to tell the three of them to fuck right off. Love you, Greta. Nora. Okay. Interesting. By the way, that took so many twists and turns because I think number one, that she was like calling out the theater kids. Yeah. <laughs> like I was like, wow. Number two, um, when she first said she was reading Wuthering Heights, my first thing was like, oh, she was a good girl. And then she was like, because I was fall, fall asleep at home. So I had to read it at school. <laughs> um, yeah. It's yeah, so good when thing. you hear people talking shit about you. They're just jealous. They were just jealous. No. They had to have been because she had the better part in the school yes. musical. Musical, did she say? Or did she say, she say play? School, whatever. Play. Play. Musical, but you know play. what? When, school play. When you get the better part, like the dolls do get jealous, is what happens. And mm-hmm. especially in high school theater, it's competitive. It's a small circle. I mean, it's technically a theater company, if you will. It's, you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Gab and her friends. Um, <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I wonder if she's friends with them still, like, or, like, friends with them on, on Facebook. Because sometimes, sometimes I can tell you a lot about where people ended up. Ended up yeah. <laughs> Maybe look them up and just know that, like, j- look them up and remind yourself you got that part in the play. That's right. Yeah. Gab you got to friends. page three of Wuthering Heights. <laughs> exactly. And you never fucking finished that book. And that's okay. I love I love it's was it Nora is that her name yeah that was like so so well written too because like like, I feel like I had like the exact picture of her sitting out there with her book me too (laughs) her massive book just hearing those kids talk about her but she got to walk away and go on stage that night is the better part in the school play exactly she's already winning Exactly. Thank you so much for writing in. If anybody else wants to write into us, please email us at seniorsuperlativespod at gmail.com. I love hearing from you all, and I love when you all get really petty. It brings me so much joy, (laughs) and it makes me feel right at home. So I I would just also like to say fuck you to Gab and her friends. Um. (laughs) If you could go back in time and give your high school self any advice, what would it be? Oh man, um, <clears throat> I um, I I mean, I think like I still kind of struggle with this, but perfectionism was a big thing, which I know we talked about a little bit earlier. But mm-hmm. I think I think I'd probably just be like relax a little, you know, like um, yeah, like you don't have anything to prove, right? Uh, yeah, and by the way, like. 
to Nora's story, like I would hear, I heard, you know, I feel like I overheard kids talking about saying like weird things about me too. Or you like, you know, there's that sense of like, so-and-so's having a party. Shh, shh, shh. We don't want to invite everybody, you know, like as you walk by, uh. like that kind of stuff. Like, I, I feel like I would just tell myself like to like, don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Because it's like, in the end, you're not going to really probably want to be this sounds so horrible. I feel like I'm sounding so vindictive. I actually really did. There's a lot of people I'm still in touch with from high school who I, who I really, really, really like. But but it's like, you're going to get to choose your friends later in life and get to choose what you want to do. And you're not going to have to climb the ropes. You're not going to have to like want to go to some party that you don't really want to go to anyway. So like, I think don't that, worry about it. I think high school, the reason why I'm obsessed with talking about it on this podcast is it's like, it's such a loaded time for everyone. It's like... Mm-hmm you're fully kind of becoming sentient, if you will. Like, you feel much older than you actually are. You also feel the pressure of needing to figure out who you want to be in the world. And you're kind of stuck in this pocket of people that you didn't choose to put yourself in. Like, your parents did. (laughs) Your parents were all of our parents, for whatever reasons, lived in the places they lived, sent us to the schools they sent us to, and then there we are, and that becomes your reality. So I think it's it's when you look back on it, it is kind of this feeling, of course you're not vindictive, but you're like, well, these fuckers would never be my friends, and that was annoying <laughs> yeah, when yeah. they did that, and I didn't want to be here, but I had to deal with them talking about a party they weren't inviting me to, and it's like... We all had those experiences to some degree and it's hard. Like high school is a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think what you said sounds like such a good encapsulation of the why high school is so challenging because it is true that I think for most people, it's like as soon as you get to go away to college, if you do that, um, it's like, you know, you're yeah, maybe you're going to get roomed with someone, but eventually you're probably going to like pick your roommate. Yeah. You're going to, you know, like find your, your, your people and find the thing that you want to study. You're not going to have to climb ropes for, for as a requirement. You're going to get to like, you know, you get to like really begin to actually be yourself, which is yeah. really cool. You know, it's like writing novels for middle schoolers. I really think about the idea that middle school is so much about self-discovery. And I feel like high school is also then becomes about fronting a little bit. It's about like, I'm beginning to know parts of myself in the middle school years and in high school, it's like, but I got to like pretend to be. And I think like just hearing you say that, like college is like the like the the place where you start to be like, and now I can start stepping into like yeah. that person I actually want to be because I, I can stop fronting a little bit, which is which is so nice. Yeah, I mean, I actually <laughs> do think that I was my more authentic self in middle school than I was in high school because almost in middle school, by the time you get in eighth grade, you become like the elder, but then you need mm-hmm. to go, you get knocked down again when you get into the high school structure to being a freshman. So it's like you, you rose and then you get your feet, cut from under you to be like a little fucking bitch again to all of the people that are older than you. And then, yeah, you do need to front, put up a front of whatever the gorgeous person was that you were blooming into when you were like 13 (laughs) or 14. And then you get to high school and they're like, oh, well, that's not good at all. And then you're like, right. Fuck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's right. That's right. Did you go to prom? It's like, it's like, 
Oh, wait, no, no, no. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. No, I was just going to say, like, I think that's, that's the thing, too, is, like, with, with these, like, with, with middle schoolers, especially, like, vis- like, I get to visit middle schools a lot and talk to, like, middle school kids about, about the books and stuff. And they, they um, I think, like, there's a sense of, like, you're right about that authentic self. Like, they're kind of, like, more, from my experience, they're kind of, like, more willing to step into that. Yeah. And then when you get into high school, it's like, well, there are parts of myself I have to hide because they're not cool. And there are parts of myself I'm going to pretend to be that are cooler. And then you could do, like, it's a little bit of a journey to come back to all those discoveries, you yeah. know, you made when you were even younger. Which is which is kind of a, a beautiful thing. Um, I I did I went I went to prom in the same way that I went to like so many other school dances yeah. like at the invitation of like other other people. I might have had the guts to like ask someone at some point, um, but I did. Yes, I did go to prom. What yeah. did you wear? This is an iconic oh, question on the show. A hundred percent, a rented black tuxedo with what with a matching cummerbund to the exact color of whatever dress <laughs> my prom date <laughs> was wearing. I think there was a purple one, a pink one, and probably a teal, like, I love teal it. blue one. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I don't it. actually remember how they used to do that. How did they do that? <laughs> I don't know, but it did feel like a miracle. Like I feel like whoever owns the tuxedo rental companies went to like cachet or charlotte russe or wherever the girls were buying their dresses and they were like let's collab we're gonna pick out the colors of the season i'll make sure to have the cummerbund and the bow tie and whatever you make sure to do the tool on the dress and we'll choose canary yellow fucking teal (laughs) maroon Like as some midnight blue, like an onyx, you know, (laughs) slate gray, like whatever. Oh my gosh, it always matched almost perfectly like it all like they like they were made together like it was like yeah. for every dress we made that could be wear, worn to a prom we will also make a matching uh, cummerbund yes 100 <laughs> it's crazy. oh my gosh i'm gonna look for a picture of me at prom and, and send that to you just so you can see the 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 cummerbund and please bow tie set do. that i wore <laughs> please do um and our last question of the pod if you can believe we're already at the end and i'm having such a fabulous wow. time is did you have a senior superlative? Yeah, this is like you're like you're the best at this, yes. or the most likely to this. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and it's okay if you I, didn't. A lot of people come on the show and don't have them. Yeah, I don't. You know what's funny? I was like digging around for my high school yearbooks, and they're not in. They're not at my place in in New York, sadly. Um, and uh, but they, I was trying to think if like I got voted something. I don't think I have one. I don't think I had, I don't know if I had one. Um, Do you think that the people in your high school, like, are at all surprised by your success now in your professional career? I mean, I think that, like, I don't know for sure. Because what's, like, interesting is that, like, I was, I was, like, the theater kid. Everyone knew that I wanted to apply to drama school. Like, I, I, we also had Florida State thespian competitions that I would participate in. I remember famously one year I won and then they took it away from me because my drama teacher mentor, Kathy Grau, had written my monologue for me. Like we'd written this comedic monologue together and they were like, you can't write your, like, like talk about suppressing creativity which is happening a lot in Florida now, yes. but like literally they were like, you're not allowed to write your own material. And I was like, oh, well, okay. Um, let's kill a kid's chance of, of, you know, winning the Florida state thespian competition. But, but, but so I think that like, that's so dumb to me because it's like all of this, all everything ever written 
was an original work. There you go. So how does this go. not make sense? It's so stupid. Yeah, yeah. I know, and also, like, I feel like the weird reasoning was something like, you know, it has to be like a playwright that any of the kids could have chosen a monologue from, but it's like, no, we're not all doing this. That wasn't like, like, thespian competitions weren't like, everyone does the same monologue and we decide who does it the best, which I feel like would be so horrible. It wasn't that. It was like, you picked a monologue and did it and they, like, by the way, like, uh, all the best stuff. But, um, I, so I feel like kids knew, like, everyone kind of knew that and it was, yeah. like, such a part of my identity. Um, I was, like, also, like, just really good at school, like, academics. And so yeah. I feel like probably pe if I looked back, people probably would have been, like, he's gonna do something that he's be, be successful at. I don't know if they would have been, like, oh, he'll get to, like, be a comedic actor. Right, right, <laughs> like, I don't right. know that that was, like, totally my totally the way people, people saw me. But I'm not 100% sure. And the ones that I'm really in touch with, I feel like they've just been a, along for the ride for right. so long that, like, yeah, yeah. Well, we we are going to say that you were probably voted most likely to be insanely handsome post <laughs> post Barracuda Mouth, and then go on to being a superstar. That's what we're going to say is most likely to happen. Um, thank you, You're thank you. Welcome. I love that's way better than my recollection of my high school yearbook was mostly like it's senior year suddenly it went from like see you next year to or like have a great summer to like see ya <laughs> like, yeah like, <laughs> like bye know? question mark like nice to know totally. you exclamation point <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Thank you so, so much for joining me today on my show. I had the best time talking with you. Can you just um, reiterate to all of my gorgeous listeners about your exciting uh, audio, scripted audio, scripted podcast? I can't talk. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, thank you for having me on. I love your podcast. You're hilarious. And it was so much fun getting to do this and like a real oh. pleasure to go back to 1991 in a way that I sort of hadn't hadn't necessarily like thought about. Like, I guess it was like, what's this going to be like? And it was really, really, really fun, as are all of your episodes. Um, and thank you for the shout out for the Peepkins. It's called the Peepkins. Yes. Um, it is everywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, it's uh, Anna Ferris and myself and Diedrich Bader and a just like an amazing cast. It's beautiful writing. You know, one of the things we've talked about, talked a lot about, and I'm sure that you talk about this with people in, in, in the podcast world too, is that like, it's an opportunity to get away from your screens, especially if you're listening to yeah. it with a kid and say like, Hey, we're gonna do something fun together and not, um, that's not gonna be tied to like a TV or a, or a phone or an iPad or whatever you're using to watch things on. So, um, yeah, hopefully people will, will, will check it out. It's really sweet and I'm really proud of it. And it was a lot of fun to make. I love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you to everyone who listened to my show, my sweet little classmates. As always, give me five stars. I only like positive reviews, only want positive reviews, and frankly, only deserve positive reviews. Um, and, you know, as I say every week, stay cool, never change. Until next time, ciao. That was a HeadGum Podcast. 